Welcome to the CX Cast, where we talk about all things experience. I'm your host, Adele Sage, and I'm joined by a very familiar voice this week, my co-host, Angelina Jenis. Hi, Angelina. Hello. So today, Angelina, you are in the hot seat, as we like to say, and you're not a co-host today. You are the guest. I'm very excited to interview you about your latest research that you've been working on. So how does it feel to be on the other side? Adele, don't go easy on me. I'm very excited to take on your boldest questions. Okay. Okay. I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm ready. <laughs> so tell us about your new research about CX Visions. Yeah. So this report is about your CX vision, how to create a customer experience vision to guide transformation. It's really about creating the vision that is unique for your organization. Okay, this is a great topic because I still hear from clients all the time that they are struggling to define their CX vision. And so it sounds as though this report is going to give that kind of guidance. Is that fair? Yes, we're going to walk through the process of where to even begin, what things to consider, what goes into the vision, what should just stay out of the vision, and how to actually act on it so it doesn't just collect dust. Oh, I love that, how to act on it. I don't like when things collect dust. It means you have to dust them. <laughs> okay, so define for us, please, what is a CX vision? Well, it's a clear and concise statement. It could be multiple sentences. It could just be one sentence that a company will use internally, generally internally only, to educate and align everyone from the CEO down to every individual employee on what experience we are all aspiring towards that we want to provide customers. So that vision has to have a lot of oomph. It doesn't have to be an unwieldy sentence, and we can get into why that is, but it needs to be inspiring, mobilizing, authentic. Aha, uh -huh. I'm sensing there's a little bit of a framework there that you're hinting at. Can you, uh, right. can you tell us more about authentic, inspiring, mobilizing? What does this mean? Yeah, so we've written about CX Visions before in a report called Root Your CX Vision in Your Brand. And in that report, the AIM framework was introduced. And that was a way to test your CX Visions to ensure that they were effective. Is it authentic, inspiring, and mobilizing? So is it authentic to your brand and your mission? Does it inspire new ideas, innovation, entrepreneurial spirit? And is it mobilizing? Does it get us to actually know how to act, know how to make decisions so that we can get experience improvements and so we can get to that future state? So we're still using that AIM framework because honestly, it's been working really well for the clients that we work with. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So authentic, inspiring, mobilizing, that sounds easy, but I'm guessing that this is not that easy. So how do you actually create a vision? So the first thing people always want to do is look at examples of CX visions. And we have examples of CX visions. Some of them are publicly available. For example, we know that the vision for Southwest Airlines is dedication to the highest quality of customer service delivered with a sense of warmth, friendliness, individual pride, and company spirit. 
That just rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> it does. Well, and it means a lot to Southwest Airlines right. because they really take warmth, friendliness, individual pride. They apply that to the employee experience. They enable the employees to deliver that in the customer experience. But you can look as, at as many CX Vision examples as you want. You'll find they come in a lot of different formats. And you still need to ultimately build yours from the ground up. And you need to get stakeholder buy-in, as you can imagine. So the process starts with bringing together cross-functional representatives, of course, to create the vision with you. But so I'm one of those people who looks at the blank piece of paper and has no idea where to start. I'm guessing that's why you get a lot of questions for examples of CX vision statements. What kind of advice do you have for people who have that blank piece of paper in front of them? How do you start to put the pen to paper? We start with, and this connects to our other research, figuring out who your most important customers are. It's not about forgetting your other customers or creating a vision that doesn't work for other customers, but who are your devotees? Mm -hmm. Who are the customers that you're targeting with your future experience? You have to pick ideally one, maybe a couple, so that you're not trying to create something for everyone. That won't work. So identify your target customers and then bring their personas into the conversation, these cross-functional workshops where you talk about what are their uh, needs, their functional needs, their emotional needs, what are their social needs. And you'll start to come up with words that are true for all a lot of your customers and are the building blocks of your vision. You could call them attributes. They're the things that in everyday interactions with customers or even in the overall relationship we are trying to achieve. You know, there's there's the ones that come up all the time. Keeping it simple, being transparent. Know me, right? Is that the sort of thing? Know me, that's a good one. And it's okay if if other organizations have picked these attributes before as well, because honestly, not everyone does them well, even if they talk about doing them. So it doesn't mean it can't be differentiating if you actually pick the right attributes and then work towards them. So you have a list of attributes. And then from there, craft a vision that those attributes align to. And that vision doesn't have to say every single thing under the sun. It just needs to align with those attributes. And right there, you've got a framework that says, here's our overall vision. Here are the attributes that support that vision. And then we can start drilling down into things like specific employee behaviors. I would guess that with the specific employee behaviors, you don't want to be too prescriptive without involving those employees. So how does that work? Yes, absolutely. So you have, let's say, created a vision and attributes in some small corner of your organization, and you need to bring it to life for employees in a lot of different roles. One global construction firm did this by piloting those behaviors with specific retail locations. So they went in and they said, hey, what are you noticing in your daily interactions with customers? Where are these attributes coming up? How do you know if it's been a successful interaction? How can we even measure it? So they started to really bring the vision and attributes to life by making it measurable, talking about what success looks like. They collected all the behaviors that the employees talked about and demonstrated, started building a list, went to the next location, did the same, went to different roles, did the same thing, 
you can see how much effort went into this. Oh, yeah. But eventually they had a mega list and they started to see similarities. So now we know what the global behaviors look like that everyone should work towards. And then we also have role specific behaviors. And I would assume that you don't have to do, it's not like you have to talk to every single employee in a company. You can see those patterns emerge relatively quickly. The same way when you're doing customer research, you see these patterns come through when you interview or observe you know, a handful of, of customers. Right. And you can use one of our favorite tricks in the book, Bright Spot Analysis to say, where are the top performers? Let's go observe them, talk to them about ideal behaviors because we know that they have above average results with customers. And that'll narrow down the list quite a bit. And you can also make sure you're hitting different levels. So you wanna understand what the behaviors are for leadership, for managers, for frontline employees. That makes sense. Okay, so you've done all this work, created this vision, involved your stakeholders, interviewed employees, everyone has blessed it. It is done. That happens, right? This isn't like an iterative thing. Like it, it is something that is complete at, at some point, right? Yeah, I think it's something you'd want to commit to for a long-term strategy. So you should find a point where you are done writing the vision for sure. And everyone has blessed it. Mm-hmm. And so then what do you do with it so that it's not collecting dust? So we talk a lot about CX management, right? And the vision really sits at the center of CX management. So we talked about employee behaviors. Right there, we can see that we can do culture work that aligns with the vision. What sort of behaviors do we want to educate employees on? What sort of behaviors do we want to reinforce through recognition and reward? That's culture. Uh, There's also measurement and prioritization that can align to your vision as well. So you have a lot of different metrics you could use to assess your customer experience to track CX improvements. But those metrics should should align with your CX vision. Can you give me an example of a metric that would align with a vision? Yes. Like I understand this abstractly, but I'm having trouble figuring out what would this actually, you know, would I have a vision? What metrics do I think about connecting to it? Yeah, great question. So to pull out a CX vision example, Revenue New South Wales, their vision is expect us to be fair, accountable, easy to deal with, and to know what we're talking about. So they would want to measure in the experience whether it was easy for the customer, mm-hmm. whether the customer felt it was fair. So you can pick out, you could be very specific with how it aligns to the vision, but then you could also look at other things to measure that indicate easy. Maybe it's first call resolution rates or how quickly a visitor gets through your website, gets through a form. Or no, no error messages right in the form. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So So there's a lot you can do there. And of course, you also, on the culture side, want to measure the employee perception on how they're aligned to the vision. Employees provide a lot of context to add to the voice of the customer, right? So they can take what they know to be the vision and what they're observing in the customer experience and talk about where they're seeing gaps and opportunities. Okay, that makes sense. 
So you can, you can connect the vision to culture efforts, you can connect it to measurement, you can use attributes of it to prioritize. I assume you can also use it to guide research and design that would flow from, from the research, et cetera. So I can really see how the vision is at the center of these, the CX management competencies and is essential for all of them to run smoothly. Is that fair? Yeah. And the design aspect is a good one because I've been working with Gina Walker to talk about how the vision ties to design systems. She's been doing a lot of research there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And she actually wrote the bullet for me in the report. Thanks, Gina. So, so when you're creating principles for design systems, you should ask, what does it mean to reflect our CX vision in the digital experience that we're designing? And luckily, your design teams work really well, usually with visions, and can really get it and um, really run with, okay, I, I see the vision, and I know how we can tie this to a set of principles for our design work. So, for example, Shopify has a design system they call Polaris which has six experience values, quote, experience values, that the company uses when they critique their own work. So the value empowering has guidelines like hide complexity where you can, but give people access to more sophistication if they need it. Gina, I also spoke with VMware's CX and design teams who collaborated on design principles. They actually work together on personas and think about the connection between overall customer experience and specific products and services and how to design them. So they think of things like be inclusive and they'll translate, the design team will translate that into specific guidelines. Okay, cool. So given how many questions I get about this from clients, I want to go to what are the steps? Like, let's just go again through what do they do? So they may have bits and pieces of things they have, let's say they know what their brand vision is. Their executives might be saying, why do we need a CX vision? We already have a brand vision and they've got to kind of make the case for having the CX vision and then getting to work on actually articulating what it is. So let's just walk through a hypothetical example. You know, I'm a CX professional at a company and I am recognizing that I need a CX vision. So what are the steps that I'm going to go through? So yes, first you'll want to make the case for a CX vision so that you can get some cross-functional participants to help you create that vision and get buy-in. Wait, so how, how is it different from the brand vision? So if my CEO says, that's great, Adele, but we already have a brand vision. What do we need a CX vision for? What's my answer? So a CX vision is more of a workhorse for everyday actions, behaviors. It strikes a balance. It should align with your brand, but it should be a little bit clearer what you need to do every day to achieve the ideal customer experience. And that might not just be brand experiences. That could be experiences in the call center. It could even be back office experiences that support the customer experience. So you want to make the case for a CX vision by clarifying that it's going to align everything on your CX roadmap, how you're maturing in your CX competencies, as well as the actual CX improvements that you are working towards, so that everyone's moving in the same direction. 
and there is no confusion about what we are working towards. So that's the first step. Get some buy-in and get some folks to agree to participate in a little bit of a workshop to start creating this vision. Make sure that there are representatives that are whose buy-in you will want eventually to actually adopt the vision so that they are validating throughout the process. But you want it to feel like their words end up in the vision, right? That they feel like they co-authored it, not that you listened to them, you went back, you wrote something and their voice isn't in there. Right. And we do this all the time in workshops. We make sure that the folks who are going to have to validate the work are there early on and feel like they've given their input, not just their blessing. Mm, Yes. Love that. Okay. I brought together this group. Yep. I'm leading my workshop. Everyone's bought in. It's going really well. What's the output of that workshop and how does it turn into a vision? In that workshop, you're going to talk about your customers, what is important to them, start to highlight the words that are coming up that customers use, because remember, it's from the customer's perspective. Right. The words that customers use to define successful customer experiences. That's what's going to make it authentic, going back to our framework. And then you're going to identify attributes from that big list of words. What are the most important things we want our customers to say about us? So we've got the most important customers saying the most important things. And then we start to write a few draft vision sentences. You could have folks break out into groups and take a stab at it and see a little bit more variety and what gets attempted to avoid some groupthink. Come back together and try to smoosh it all into one CX vision. And then go do some testing with customers and employees to make sure that you've got it right. Okay. So then you've got it right. That's when you roll it out to everybody. And what what can you expect from employees in a company once you've rolled this out? What are you asking them to do? So the first thing that you'll want to ask is just some education around what the vision is and what those attributes are, what kind of behaviors are specific to my role that I should be accountable for to live the CX vision. And uh, an example from a guest we recently had, actually, Salesforce came on and talked about their CX efforts. And they recently created a CX vision. And they started by creating a small training module around the vision. It's actually the second most used module after the compulsory training. Wow. Yeah. So it's doing really well in terms of adoption. And they're going to build out that training a little more. They're going to connect it to their CX scorecard. So talking about connecting it to metrics. And they, they're tracking success based on not just metrics, new initiatives they're seeing that are popping up that are connected to the vision. They're also listening and hearing more employees talk about the customer's journey, their needs, what they want. They're seeing more customer-centric language happening informally. And it's not just the customer-facing teams. They heard the legal team embracing language like customer-first, customer-centricity, human value of trust. I thought that was amazing. Imagine walking around the corner and, you know, the legal team's just casually talking about the human value of trust. (laughs) What a dream. (laughs) The dream. So, you know, Adele, the CX professional, feels now like 
I could go out and do this. So I feel empowered by your, your detail here on how to actually do this. I'm curious now whether there was anything that was surprising from the research that you did. Yeah, the big surprising thing was how hard it was to find an organization that had a CX vision that was adopted and that was perfectly tied to their CX roadmap. And there's a few reasons for that. One is that we track a lot of organizations that have completely internalized their CX visions and don't really need to think about building a CX roadmap connected to their vision because they just do it naturally. And then there were the others who are just getting started. Like Salesforce is is really just gaining momentum in this. And we've seen other organizations that are starting to create CX awards that are tied to their vision or do other cultural efforts to get going. So I think this is something to watch and see what kind of impressive things folks do with their visions. But I think that's good for our listeners to hear. This might sound easy enough to do because it's unlike some of the other CX work that we do, this is discrete, right? We can Mm -hmm. accomplish it. We can go out and decide we're going to create a CX vision, go through all of these steps that you've outlined, have the vision, create it, roll it out. That feels very tangible and satisfying to complete. But it's the the reality is that companies are still in in all different stages of having these and rolling them out and being effective around them. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we are constantly analyzing companies to say, okay, how are they doing on CX measurement? How are they doing on research? How are they doing on prioritization? And then we'll go back and say, what's their CX vision? What are they tracking towards? And we'll realize either the vision doesn't align with everything they're doing, or they're not yet doing everything to align with their vision. It's a lot of moving parts, ultimately. And it's important to realize that, yes, you can start small, you can show progress, and then you can get more ambitious later. But put the vision to use in whatever easy way you can do that. A good example from Blue Cross Blue Shield Kansas City, they simplified the message quite a bit to say, let's just make it easy for the customer. Their CX vision was broader than that, but they want to focus on one part of the vision to get adoption. Mm -hmm. And that applied to every single employee. They got it. They started working towards it. They saw results within 18 months in their CX index. So It doesn't mean that the whole vision has to be realized in a couple of years. We never really see that. But there are ways to start to make progress. Great. Love it. Well, Angelina, it's been a delight interviewing you instead of interviewing alongside you. Thanks for for joining us on the CXCast to share more info on your CX vision research. Thanks for having me, Adele. (laughs) I believe there's some sort of contractual obligation to have you on all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I accept. Thanks to all of you for joining the CX cast where we cover all things experience until next time.